Hello again, ladies and gentlemen. Ghost Nobody here, ready to bring you chapter 42 of Hunter Hunted, my original AVP fan fiction. As always, I do hope you've been enjoying this little stroll through the AVP universe that I created all those years ago. And if you could always like, subscribe, leave me feedback and commentary wherever you can, either fanfiction.net, archiveofourown.org, or even my own website, ghostnobody.com. Every little word is always appreciated. Spread the love, you know, especially around this time of year. So, without any further ado, let's get on with the show, shall we? Oh, and always the usual legal disclaimer, just to keep James Cameron at bay. I don't own uh, AVP or anything to do with it. I just all own the sexy Yuzuta girls. They're just mine. Let's get on with the show. Chapter 42. Honor Bound. Sparks flew in every direction as Ryan and Shen's father's blades clashed. In terms of strength, the elder Yuzuta had a definite edge but Ryan held the edge on speed. Well, he would have, if he hadn't been running literally on pure hope at this point, having used his Dream Warrior ability so extensively it already left him washed out. But he had to keep going, or it would mean his life here, as he fully knew that the Elder Yajuta meant what he'd said when he'd said that he would take his head. He also knew that Pius' plan would fall with him if he dies. His matriarch would retaliate and undoubtedly kill the Blackcrest clan patriarch without any mercy for taking her son's life. This would lead retaliation by the other members of the Blackcrest clan, and this would lead to a full-scale battle in the arena, as police descended into anarchy born of vengeance and hate. Ryan also foresaw the exact same result if he killed the Blackcrest patriarch. Even with his dream warrior abilities near enough depleted, he could feel the eyes of every member of the family on him. He was under no illusion here that if he struck the Patriarch down, it would spark an instant revenge attack by the family, and the result would be the same, despite either kill or being killed in the honour of the Yuzuta Elder's traditions. The Elder swung his massive sword in a punishing downward arc aimed directly at the centre of Ryan's head, but with a deft motion Ryan was able to use one of his swords to turn the strike to one side, and with his other blade lunged forward a stab at the centre of the elder Yuzuta's chest, but his blade glanced straight off the thickest chest plate part, and he had to dodge under the elder Yuzuta's arm and twist at the last second to avoid a powerful kick. The Blackcrest family patriarch was certainly a skilled fighter, nothing like either of the criminals or the bad blood porks he'd faced up until now. Confidence and power ebbed from him in weight like waves in a lake. Then he dodged a series of fast swings, and an idea occurred to Ryan. He could see his opponent becoming more and more frustrated by his inability to land a blow on the young hybrid. Maybe if he used the trick he'd used before of simply stalemating him, that would frustrate him to the point where he started making mistakes, and this would maybe give him an opening. So when the elder Yuzuta struck at him, he simply blocked or dodged, and simply kept circling around him, never striking at him, a block in every single move the elder Yuzuta made using his superior speed to his advantage. As sparks flew yet again from under another failed lunge, Ryan could see the hate and anger in the elder's eyes building to a crescendo. But there was something that Ryan had not counted on. The elder Yuzuta liked the anger as it gave him access to a rather rare and hidden Yuzuta talent that so far so few of the Yuzuta these days actually had access to. As his anger and his rage hit a peak, 
He stood perfectly still and let loose a massive roar that felt like it shook the whole arena, before sprinting straight at the young hybrid with astounding speed. From the sidelines, Tick's mandibles dropped open before she regained her mind and roared out a warning to Ryan. Watch out, son! He's a porking berserker! she roared. Now it was Ryan that was totally on the back foot, as he had to use everything he had to dodge the extreme speed swings and lunges, which came at him in a flurry, and even at full dream warrior capacity would have been hard-pressed to keep up with some of them. More than a few had already made it through, and Ryan roared in pain as a series of cuts opened up on his limbs and chest from the incredible volley of slices that the elder Juta threw at him. Ryan found himself with his back to the wall, leaning on his swords, bleeding heavily and panting. The elder Yajuta simply stood there looking at him, and to his total shock, Ryan saw his aura now. It was red, like both Akira Mandy, but at the same time with flicks of white permeating it. This gave Ryan hope. It was still good in him, despite the rage. As the elder Yajuta advanced on him slowly, he knew he was beat. He had no strength left here. He could barely lift his arms up, so he did the only thing he could do. He prayed. Pyre, please, I beg you. I know that you're listening and I'm begging for you to give me the strength to let me finish this. If I must end here, so be it. But please don't let what you've started end here with me. If I must die, I am willing to do so. But I need the strength for one last push, he said out loud. Then just as the elder Yujuta raised his sword to finish the young hybrid, he felt a massive surge of energy throw through him like a wave. I have heard you, young one. Finish this, a feminine voice said in his head. With a massive final push, Ryan focused all of the energy the pirate granted him into one last rush. He flew off the wall so fast that not even a single eye in the room could track him. He left a purple glow in his wake as he dodged deftly under the now slow-moving sword of the elder Juta. The screeching to a halt behind him, he kicked it off backwards into the air and dodged the sweeping undercut that was aimed at him. With pinpoint precision, he landed squarely on the elder Juta's shoulder and with a thud, he threw both of his swords away and grabbed the side of the Black Crest Patriarch's head. Let me show you what you would destroy! Ryan roared at the top of his lungs, and with the last of the energy Pyre had given him, he forced his mind into the Elder's mind and joined them together as one. The whole arena fell completely silent as the two of them stood there frozen in place, as if they'd become some form of statue. Both of their eyes were growing bright purple now. Ryan forced his memories into the Elder's mind and he could feel the feelings of pure rage and hate aimed at him from the Elder's mind echoing back. They were just so intense that it rocked him to his very core that to know that a being despised him on such a level that he would cut his only daughter off from her family for merely falling in love with him. Then as he was delving through the Elder's mind, he tried in vain to shriek Ryan's link to him. He had an idea. Trawling through the elder's memories at the speed of thought, he found what he was looking for, and instantly was able to pull the elder's consciousness into those memories with him. The first flash they watched together was of Shenna being born. He watched it as if though the elder's eyes, as she yawned and stretched her mandibles in her matriarch's arms for the first time. 
he felt that the pride the elder felt, and they fast-forwarded to her learning to walk. He watched as young Shenna toddled around the family living quarters before once her and her matriarch had to stop and made a mad dash to stop her pulling a table full of skinning blades down on her little head. Next up was Shenna's first official day of training, and the pride he'd felt at such a young age he'd been able to give her a tutor a run for his money with her blunted draining wrist blades nearly taking out a few arteries in the process. This was followed by the more secret pride he felt on the day she referred from her first successful hunt with her uncle, and he'd placed her little trophy skull on the wall next to one of his. Next, they both found themselves standing facing each other in a world of completely black. Why do you insist on tormenting me with these images, Dream Warrior? He yelled at Ryan. I'm not tormenting you with anything. These are your own memories, Elder. If anyone is tormenting you, it is you. I feel that you're tormenting yourself with your guilt, Ryan said calmly. Guilt? What guilt? The Elder spat back at him. The guilt that you feel at throwing your only daughter away like she was trash. Like her life was meaningless, Ryan said bluntly. I did not throw her away. You stole her from me, corrupted her, the Elder roared. Really? Did I? Ryan asked. And then suddenly the world around them wasn't black anymore. Suddenly they were on the planet where Ryan met Shanna. They were watching Ryan from a tree as that first processed run first front face first into. They both felt to the humour they heard the laugh. They fast forward to watch the fight when the fire tiger attacked his daughter. And they felt the fear and hopelessness they were pinned down by the creature, to the shock and relief at being struck down by Ryan. Next up they were surprised by the claim of the shared victory, rather than claiming the honour of defeating such a large opponent. Then came the part where Ryan had been waiting for, the part where he released his mask for the first time Shenrod saw his face, and for the first time the instant feelings of attraction and curiosity were so obvious that they shone like beacons into the darkness. You, you, you saved her from a fire tiger, the elder said finally as he watched the next exchange with Shanna find out that Ryan was a hybrid and called him a volley of vile names before charging off into the forest alone. No, we fought it together as equals. I maintain what I said then. If she had not managed to pull its attention, there's no way I could have pulled off that hit without it countering me, Ryan said. Now they were watching Shanna get caught by the bad blood. As the elder heard the things he said to his daughter, his bud began to boil again. Vile pork! How dare he threaten such vileness upon my daughter! He roared at the memory. Then to the elder's utter amazement, he watched as Ryan took out the bad blood and removed Shanna from the trap. You saved her, he said quietly. I protected her honour from someone who threatened it as any Yuzhuta would have. She is a powerful and proud huntress in her own right, and I firmly believe that in a fair fight she'd have either won or died fighting. Either way, she'd have done it with her honour intact, Ryan said. The elder looked like at the young Yuzhuta hybrid with curiosity. Then he returned his attention to the memory in front of him. It was the point that Shanna could no longer hide or fight her feelings for Ryan and when them both gave in to it. 
The elderly visibly winced at their kiss, but at the same time he felt his daughter's emotions as clear as the morning sun. Her, her feelings are pure. He stammered, visibly shocked and shaken at this, and Ryan softly smiled at him. Now let me show you the same thing, but from another perspective, he said, and before the elder could react, he was shown the exact same thing again, but this time from Ryan's perspective. He felt what Ryan felt when he first saw his daughter, right up to the first kiss again, and he stood there silently the entire time. Then he slowly turned to look at the young hybrid right in the eyes. Your feelings for her as pure as hers are for you, he said slowly in a low voice, trying to understand. Ryan nodded slowly. So, now you tell me that I either corrupted her or stole her. She's a living, breathing, sentient being. She's a proud and strong Yejuta huntress who is fully in charge of her own mind and is as a victim to her own art as we all are, Ryan said and the elder nodded slowly. I would say that you couldn't possibly know the happiness and honour that I felt. I was there, the lucky male that she chose to be hers. But you felt it as perfectly as I felt it in the same way that I did. Ryan said. The elder didn't say anything but simply watched. Now the main thing you questioned was my birth and the fact that I'm not fully Yejuta but half Uman, Ryan said and the elder eyed him suspiciously. Umans are a weak prey species, worthy only as hunting or using as slaves, he said defiantly. Oh really? Then let me show you the man you call weak. Ryan said, and the memories flicked from his own to the ones he'd gotten from his father when they joined him for the first time he discovered he was a dream warrior. The elder watched with his mandibles open wide as he watched Jack fight in the Kiramande hive single-handedly as tickly unconscious, followed by him dragging and carrying her back to her cave and the sheer determination that was fuelled by the purest and strongest love that either of them had ever felt in their lives. Fast forward to him fighting his way off the ship with Tick at his side, to their marriage, to their life on the planet that Ramirez is finally now called home. And then there was this, the birth of his hybrid children, and the love and happiness that he felt as he cradled them both in his arms. I've seen enough, the elder said, sounding defeated. Ryan could feel the hate and rage draining away from him like water down a drain. He smiled and walked slowly up to the elder and placed a hand on his massive shoulder, which caused him to flinch slightly. Not such a weak species after all, huh? Ryan said and the elder looked at him. Never in a million lifetimes would I have believed a word you said. But having seen these amazing things with my own eyes and living them as if I was actually there, I can truthfully say that I was wrong in so many ways. Then let's end this, shall we? He said, and the elder nodded. And with that, another flash, and the connection was severed. To everyone watching, the pair of them looked like they were frozen in place until Ryan released his grip and fell from the elder's shoulders. He landed with a hard thud on his back, which knocked the wind out of him. His strength was now completely gone, and he was on the verge of unconsciousness. But he fought to stay conscious until he saw the elder turn and face him. It was at that point he saw his eyes and he gave up his fight.
there were tears in the large male's eyes. Tigala's heart started hammering in her chest as she saw her son lose consciousness in the arena. He was a completely defenceless target now and would be an easy kill. She tightened her grip on her weapons. She knew it would be a massive breach of the Yejuta laws and codes, but there was no way she was going to let them take her beloved son from her. She would not let him harm her, not without taking her down too. But something in the elder's body language told her to stay her hand. His shoulders were slumped, and his posture screamed that of a defeated man. Slowly he bent down to his unconscious son, and with the weapon's free hands, he slowly picked him up in his arms. Then right in front of a stunned crowd, he turned to face Tick and her companions, and began to make his way towards them. Every set of eyes in the arena stands tracked his every step across the floor. There was an eerie silence so profound you could hear his every step echoing. Finally, we stood right in front of Tick Aleth, and slowly he extended his arms out towards her, and offered her unconscious son to her. Without a second's hesitation, Tick took her beloved son from him and cradled him in her arms. Then, without saying a word to her, he glanced at his young daughter, who stood to Tick's right. Shenna's breath had caught in her chest the second she saw her father's eyes. There was tears in them. This was a sight she'd never in a million lifetimes imagined she'd see. Then he turned and slowly walked silently back to the centre of the arena, before turning to face the, bo- the clan leader. I, Fenris Pal Blackcrest, patriarch of the Blackcrest family, am defeated. Ryan, full-blooded hunter, and dream warrior of the ploughed clan mason has won, he said in a loud voice. A massive flurry of shocked voices murmured around the arena until the clan leader got to his feet and immediately silenced them. That cannot be, Fenris. You are still standing. The boy is not. The victory is yours, surely, he said. Fenris shook his head and pointed his hand towards Ryan who was still being created protectively in his mother's arms. He might have fallen, but before he did, he showed me things, things that have just shown me how very, very wrong I was. Things that have not only changed my mind, but have broken my will to fight him. So I can feed defeat of him, and I do it with pride. No other Yujuta here could hope to accomplish what he did here today. He fought with honour and distinction against every opponent we set against him. And make no mistake, he knew that we set him up to fail. But fail he did not. He fought with every strength of strength he had, and given that I was his last opponent here, I can tell you that he is victorious. We judged him for being something we thought to be an abomination, because his blood was not pure as Juta. But he showed me, and all of us, that his heart most definitely is. He upheld the most sacred of our traditions, and he beat us. So what does that say about us here? We thought he was something lesser than all of us. Something wrong. Something abhorrent. Yet he still beat us. So maybe, just maybe, we've been looking at this all wrong, all this time. I was enraged because I thought he'd corrupted and stolen my beloved daughter from me. And from her clan. But he just showed me how wrong I was. He let me see how how they met what she felt for him, and how he truly felt for her. 
and I cannot deny their love for one another. That male right there defended her and protected her honour from both bad blood plorks who would have defiled her and from fire tigers that would have eaten her. He acted like any true honourable Yejuta should have. Venus bellowed at the intensely listening crowd. He could hear the cloud leader snarl from his place in the stands. But he is a filthy half-breed, half-blood woman, weak and pathetic just like their entire race, the cloud leader yelled. Now it was Fenris's turn to snarl. He turned to face him directly. There is nothing weak about his bloodline. Trust me, I know it. I saw what his father did to protect the woman he loves. That woman right there, he said, pointing at Tikaleth. That weak, pathetic woman fought off an entire hive of Kiramande single-handedly to protect her while she was fallen. Then he carried her through the jungle to a place of safety and to treat her injuries despite being severely injured himself. That weak Uman fought his way through an entire clanship of bad blood blokes, just to fight his way back to the woman he loved. And with that woman at his side, they blew up that clanship and removed an entire scourge from our galaxy, a job that we ourselves failed to do. On many occasions, so how can we stand here and call a male like that weak and pathetic, because if, if that's the case, what does that make us? Because the last time I checked, he managed to do the things we could not, fueled only by his love for a member of our species. And let's be fair, how many of us can stand up and say we'd go as far as a tenth for our beloved mate as what he did for his? So if we're going to dismiss him and his male's accomplishments, fueled simply by the love for a jute female, and because he was from another species, then we dishonour ourselves. Fenris yelled back at the clan leader. The clan leader balked at this, but before he could respond, another voice joined in. That male you would so easily dismiss and call weak and pathetic is the male I love and would gladly lay down my life to defend his. I do not care that he is an Uman. In fact, it's one of the many very things that I love about him because it, to me it means that love is truly blind and universal as when he looks at me he sees nothing but the brightest, purest love being shone at me like the light from his amazing eyes. He took one look at me and saw through the shell that my life here had forced me to wear and saw me for who I truly am, something that only my own kind has ignored their entire lives. I lived being dismissed because I was too short or was unworthy in the eyes of my peers, in the eyes of my own family, those that were supposed to love me unconditionally. All my accomplishments either ignored or given to those that stood above me for my clan's honour. But that male, that beautiful, wonderful male that I love with my entire being, showed me that there was a different way. He showed me my true worth, and he made me believe it. He raised me up and showed me that I didn't need the approval of others to be who I am. He treated me with nothing but love and respect and honour that no Yejuta can ever hope to match. Every day I strive to show him the very same, to show him exactly how much he means to me. So you dare to insinuate that just because he is Uman he is not worthy of me? I decide who's worthy of me, not you. And if anything... It's me that's not worthy of him. 
He is the kindest, gentlest, strongest and most powerful male I have ever met. Every day I count the blessings of Paya and that she brought this beautiful, wondrous human being just to me when I was at my darkest and in the deepest pit of my despair and allowed me to fall in love with him and me with him. He pulled me from that place and now I couldn't be happier to stand at his side and it is my distinct honour to call myself his life mate. If it was not for him, I would not be alive, let alone standing here cradling one of my little miracles in my own arms. Tick thundered in a voice so loud that it caused the whole place to shake and echo with her passion. The crowd listened and watched her in awe, but she wasn't done yet. So you take a good look at my beautiful son here, the very one you tried to kill for simply being alive, for daring to try and live a life that he had no choice in having, and for having the gall to look at one of our kind with the very same eyes that his father looked at me at all those years ago, but who, after all this, is still alive, who is, despite your very obvious attempts to dishonourably stack his trial by combat, which I remind you, is one of our most oldest and sacred traditions. In your favour, he continues to live. You call him an abomination because he is all half human, but there's not something he will now or ever be ashamed of. He is proud of his human side, and so he should be, because here today he showed you exactly what an human and Yejuta blood can do together. He is stronger than any one of us, and he just proved that while Strand is proving that we are not only strong alone, but together we are far stronger. Tick roared in such a proud and mighty voice that it brought tears to the eyes of the great majority of the crowd. The clan leader began to snarl, but before he could say a single word, a clap sprang up from the crowd, and it soon grew into volume until it shook the entire place like thunder, as Yejuta of all shapes and sizes and surprisingly sexes sounded their approval for her words. The clan leader looked absolutely astounded at this reaction, and he and his loyal bodyguards looked around the crowd in amazement. Before the clapping was done, yet another of his little group stepped forward. It was Shenna Blackcrest, or Shenna Mason, as she'd rather publicly renounced her family name in front of everyone here. In front of everyone, she'd placed her hand to the side of Ryan's unconscious face and placed her forehead to his before turning to face her father. My beloved daughter, I cannot tell you or ever hope to express to you how sorry I am. I was so angry and incensed that this young hybrid male had taken you from me, that I was blinded by my rage, and just seized on to the first thing I could think of. I was just so convinced that he would pollute you, and spoil you in some way, but I never realised how deeply he felt for you, or pure his love is for you. We know far he'd go to protect you. But I am happy to say that I was wrong. Just because he isn't fully Yejuta is not a reason to believe him in any way to be less of a life form than any of us standing here. In so many ways he is much more. So because even now with all of this of what we did to him, he still had enough compassion and empathy to try and change my mind. When he could have just used that strength of his to either drive me mad or just kill me outright. But he didn't. So I know that this probably doesn't mean much to you now. But I am sorry. But I'd like you to just recognise, and know that I recognise, 
your heart clinging to him as well, and I bless it. There is no finer male out there, and no more honourable one who could win your heart. And I want you to know how proud I am of you, for standing here and being willing to do what you were willing to do to save him. Any true Yujuta should be as willing to go for the one far for the one they love as you were for him. He said, without saying a word, Shenna's face crumpled, and she began to sob at her father's words. Then she flew at him at top speed and threw herself into his arms, and the pair clung together as father and daughter once more. Tikala simply smiled proudly at her daughter-in-law as she made her peace with her father. Suddenly she became aware of others now in the arena. To her surprise, from other Yujuta in the crowd seemed to be jumping from the stands and into the arena, making their way over to the group. She counted thirty females of varying ages, pretty much all of them on the young end of the scale. There were also ten males among the group, making a total of forty. They simply formed up into a group, walked up to her and stood with the group. The oldest female, who was younger than Tick herself, but a fair bit taller than her, walked up to the clan matriarch. We wish to join you. We saw the truth in your words, and we're sick of being treated the way we are. We're sick of not being able to speak out, or being shouted down, or to be threatened with being classed as different or deviant just because we want something more. So this Uman love of yours, if it's everything you say it is, then we'd like to give it a try. When you go back to the world on which you live, we'd like to come with you. And if he doesn't want to let you leave, then we'll fight with you, she said, and Tick's face was one of surprise, but she welcomed the new smiles with the well newcomers with a smile. You are welcome to join us, but other than my mate, there are no other humans where we live, she replied. Suddenly Ryan stirred in her arms and he opened up his eyes looking up at his matriarch, whose happy and relieved face was looking back down at him. "'I think father can do something about that,' he said in a groggy voice. Tick looked at him with confused eyes. Before she could say anything, he continued. "'I just saw him in my dreams. He's in a place where there are many humans, back on the hunting world that you met a few years ago, and I think they want to come with us. But first they're going to need our help.' What do you mean? Tick asked, her voice filling with concern instantly for her beloved life mate. They're under attack by bad bloods, and father will need our help to protect them, Ryan said in a very groggy voice that showed he was still half in and half out of the dream. And given that he was a dream warrior, Tick knew to take his visions very seriously. Instantly her demeanour darkened, and she lowered her beloved son to his feet, where he wavered slightly. Two of the other females from the group rushed forward and aided him to stand, while at the same time giving Tick a nod that said, Do what you need to do, sister. As soon as she saw this, Shenna rushed from her father to her beloved one's side and took over from the other two in supporting him. They knowingly relinquished their hold on him to her. Tick Ellis turned to face the clan leader and took a couple of strides towards him. As she did, she was instantly flanked on both sides and behind by the queens, who decided to support her as they had supported her son. She stood there flanked by such powerful creatures and allies, cutting such a fearsome figure herself. 
Tikalith commanded the respect of everyone in the arena. Now that we have my son, all of us gathered here are going to leave, and I open an invitation to anyone else gathered here, that if you ever felt like your life was worth more than you receive here, join us and see what you can truly be. Now whether we leave in peace is up to you. But I warn you now, try to stop us, and you will be facing more of a battle than you can handle, she said loudly. Her words and all three queens closed up on her, and hissed in unison at the clan leader, who was now wearing a distinctly worried expression on his face. He glanced around and saw the remainder of the crowd all eyeing him curiously. It was a major decision here. If he chose to try and detain them, he'd have a war in his hands, and he could see that every member of the little group, including the factors from his own clan, were willing to fight to the death here. On the other hand, letting them go could be shown as a sign of weakness, and might cause dissension in his clan. But given the fight they put up simply to reach him, he had to get respect their determination, and the sort of losses a fight with this sort of group would create wouldn't just not be worth it. He sighed heavily, and stepped up to the rail. Very well, as your son has passed his trials, he is hereby set free. You may all leave in peace, and you never darken our door again. Tick smiled darkly at him. It's not me you should be worried about. Now that others have seen what freedom is, and what their lives could be, something tells me you're going to have a bigger problem than me to deal with, she said, and softly gesturing to the crowd all around her. Then she simply turned, and with her escort of queens, and now rather sizable group, of fellow Yejuta, they all walked out of the arena and headed directly for the launch bay. All the times her thoughts were on one thing and one thing only, reaching her beloved Ack before it was too late. Ryan's words, they'd really troubled her. And that was chapter 42, ladies and gentlemen. But will Tick be able to reach Jack in time? What sort of battle are we going to be seeing in the next chapter? It's only going to be one way you'll be able to find out the answers to those questions. Gonna have to tune in next time. So until next time, this is Ghost Nobody signing off and saying, I'll see you next time.